There are so many religions in the world. How are they similar and how are they different? We need to know. The culturally correct view is to blend them all together as equally relevant and legitimate. But is that true? Prior to becoming a follower of Jesus, your host, Mike Shreve, was an avid seeker of truth, exploring many paths to spirituality. One of his passions now is to help bridge the gap so that others can discover the true light, which gives light to everyone entering the world. Now, here's Mike Shreve revealing the true light. Welcome to Revealing the True Light. I have a question for you. What is the New Age movement? You hear that term used a lot. You hear Christian believers reference New Age spirituality a lot. But it's very challenging for most people to really nail down a definition of what those terms really mean. And that's what this episode of Revealing the True Light is all about. What is the New Age movement? I'm going to answer that question. It actually covers a lot of territory. It can swing all the way to the left and embrace the dark side of the occult, like Wicca, witchcraft, and even Satanism. Then it can swing all the way to the right and embrace non-religious things like positive thinking uh, or possibly success seminars that implement certain New Age principles and what they teach without even referencing God. And so once again, it covers a lot of territory. And in this particular episode, I'm going to present to you 15 foundational beliefs that are usually associated with New Age spirituality. It's something pervading our society. You find the influence of the New Age in the educational realm, in the entertainment industry. You certainly find it all through different expressions of religion and even in politics and government. So this is something that is dominating our generation and the world as a whole. And I believe it's something we need to be very familiar with. It's a response to the basic need of human beings to know who we are, why we're here, and where we're going. And many people have either become disenchanted with a powerless presentation of Christianity or recoiled from it altogether, or they've never been exposed to true Christian beliefs. And as they're grasping and groping in life trying to find answers, this provides what seems to be a very loving and peaceful approach, which is very attractive to people. Now, originally, the term New Age stemmed from a belief in astrology because there is a tendency now for people to accept the idea of horoscopes and astrological charts defining certain personality traits that a person can have or even giving them hopefully insight into what their future might hold. And so astrology is becoming more and more mainstream. Well, the term New Age actually relates to an astrological age. It was popularized in a musical called Hair. Uh, back in the latter 60s, early 70s, you heard a lot about 
that Broadway musical hair and a particular song in that musical was The Age of Aquarius. You might even be familiar with that song. Well, that's talking about an age of enlightenment and harmony on planet Earth that was celebrated in that musical and is certainly highlighted in New Age spirituality. See, in astrology, it is taught that the sun passes through 12 houses as it goes around the earth. And so it's actually based on a wrong view of the solar system. It's based on a Ptolemaic view. Ptolemy in the second century taught that the earth is at the center of the solar system and the sun revolves around the earth and the planets revolve around the earth. But of course, we've learned the opposite is true. According to Copernicus, about a thousand years later, he taught a heliocentric solar system, that the sun's at the center and the earth revolves around the sun. However, astrology is based on the prior view. And the sun supposedly passes through 12 houses that are about 2,000 to 2,400 years long. And And each one of those houses, incidentally, represents an age. And supposedly, according to that worldview, that concept, we are in the Piscean age, which is an age of scientific advancement, intellectual advancement, and knowledge into the Aquarian age, which is supposedly an age of spiritual development and awakening. And so it's a very long-form, desirous shift, a paradigm shift in the mindset of the human race as a whole. And so along with this concept of a new age of peace on planet Earth and a time when people are walking in what is termed God consciousness or conscious awareness of their own divinity, then there's supposed to be harmony among the nations, among the races, and a unification of all human beings. And that's going to produce this kind of paradise world that everyone longs for, or at least that's what is theorized in the New Age movement, New Age spirituality. I have a definition that I drew from the internet that I thought was very good. And I quote, the New Age movement is in a class by itself. Unlike most formal religions, it has no holy text, no central organization, no membership, no formal clergy, no geographic center, no dogma, and no creed. The New Age is, in fact, a free-flowing spiritual movement. Just like the hippie movement in the latter 60s was all about throwing off the constraints, free love, embrace life, embrace peace, believe anything you want to believe. I can have my truth. You can have your truth. That was kind of the seedbed of this new age mentality growing in our culture. All right. But anyway, it says the new age is in fact a free-flowing spiritual movement, a network of believers and practitioners who share somewhat similar beliefs and practices which they add on to whatever religious worldview they may be following. And I thought that was a good way of summarizing what New Age spirituality is all about. 
The key statement is they share somewhat similar beliefs and practices. So what are these similar beliefs? What are these similar practices? There is a lot of diversity among New Agers on particular issues concerning the nature of God, the nature of human beings, the nature of salvation or enlightenment, etc. And yet there are also some unifying principles that surface in almost every expression that could be labeled New Age. And that's what we're going to delve into right now. 15 unifying principles, 15 foundational beliefs you find in most expressions of New Age spirituality. Number one is fascination with the supernatural. A personal kind of spiritual encounter is enshrined as being the most important thing to strive after. Not so much a correct doctrinal base or an understanding theologically and intellectually of various concepts, but this spiritual awakening, this spiritual encounter is a fascination with the supernatural. And true New Agers are passionate seekers after that. And they tend to have an adverse reaction to the idea of quote-unquote religion. That can be good if it's channeled the right direction. Rules, regulations, rituals, and rites, all of these pale in comparison to what a New Ager thinks is most important, and that is a personal experience of supernatural reality. However, and this is the problem, there are few, if any, limiting boundaries that are offered which define whether or not spiritual experiences are correct or false. If it's supernatural phenomenon, it's embraceable. It's something to be celebrated. And all these supernatural experiences are equally legitimate, syncretistically fused together into one belief system, even though sometimes they may seem contradictory. Various mystical practices are aimed at either exploring the supernatural realm or awakening various powers or states of consciousness within the seeker. Now, what does Christianity have to say about that? Let me go to the Old Testament in Deuteronomy 18, verses 9 through 13 or 9 through 14. God told the children of Israel, when you come into the land which the Lord God has given you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist or one who calls up the dead, which is called necromancy. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For these nations which you will dispossess, listen to soothsayers and diviners, but as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed such for you. So God demanded that the children of Israel be very discriminating in the kind of spiritual practices they were involved in. 
The new age, though, blows out the walls and says, embrace it all. Embrace it all. It's all legitimate. It's all equally important. Well, what about the New Testament? Jesus said when asked concerning the last days, when shall these things come? What shall be the sign of your coming? The disciples said, his first response was, take heed that no man deceive you. For many will come in my name saying, I am Christ. I am the Mashiach. I am the Messiah and deceive many. And he said, false prophets, false teachers will arise and deceive many. Well, the thing is, if Jesus was of a new age mindset, he would not have emphasized that negative stance. He would have said there will be an awakening of spirituality in the world, and many millions of people will come into a much more supernatural walk and journey through life. And it will take different expressions of religiosity. It will be found in different religions and different practices, but it's all good. That's what Jesus would have said if he was of a new age mindset. But instead he said, take heed that no one deceives you. He said that would be a dominant characteristic of the last days. Religious deception. He didn't talk about political deception. He was talking specifically about religious deception. He said, many will come in my name saying, I am Christ, which means the anointed one. And almost all the gurus I ever studied under back in the 60s and early part of 1970 claimed to be the reincarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, number two, the second unifying principle among all those who are part of the New Age movement, is pluralism. Pluralism, which is the idea that even though all religions are different, they are all equally valid paths to ultimate reality, and that no one worldview can fully unveil the truth. All religions are one. This is based on the idea, though, that truth is subjective, subject to personal opinion, that I can have my truth and you can have your truth, and those ideas can contradict each other and yet be unified as one. Pluralism is the idea that all religious approaches are legitimate. What does Christianity have to say about that? In the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 and 2, God spoke the Ten Commandments from Mount Sinai, And the beginning commandments were, I am the Lord your God, you shall have no other God before me. And then the second commandment, he said, you shall not make any graven images. And of course, image making is dominant in many Far Eastern religions, which a New Ager would say is perfectly acceptable. That's the expression of spirituality among them. But God in the Bible said not to do that. And then in the New Testament, John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. So he was distinguishing right from wrong. He was saying no matter what kind of method of spirituality or foundational doctrinal base of religiosity you hold to, it's not right and it won't work unless you come through me. And of course, to come through Jesus is to embrace what he stood for. 
and that is a biblical worldview. Because only in the Bible do you find the crucifixion of the Son of God for the sins of humanity, the resurrection of the Son of God three days later, the ascension of the Son of God to an enthroned position in heaven, the coming of the Holy Spirit 50 days after the resurrection, and that Holy Spirit coming into the hearts of believers. Only in Christianity do you find the Godhead being comprised of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. That's why they're not all legitimate and acceptable and to be celebrated. There's only one path. Okay, number three, most New Agers believe in an impersonal God, a cosmic energy, a force, a non-thinking, non-hearing, non-seeing, non-speaking, non-emotional, non-volitional, non-responsive life force that flows through the universe and out of which all personal beings originate, whether it be human beings or deified beings, gods and goddesses, everything streams out of this life force that flows through the universe. Now, some New Agers actually ascribe to a personal God and an impersonal God, but they quite often believe that this concept of a personal God is an illusion, but a necessary one on the way to final enlightenment, which was, uh, which is the understanding, the comprehension of ultimate reality being an impersonal deity, an impersonal life force. In Hinduism, is called Brahman. But in Christianity, God is a personal God. In the Old Testament, he personally cared for the children of Israel. He personally involved himself in their needs. A pillar of fire hovered over them by night to take care of the coldness of the desert nights. A pillar of a cloud hovered over them by day to shade them in the heat of the desert. He sent manna from heaven to feed them, water out of the rock to sustain them. He was personally involved because he is a personal God. In the New Testament, that becomes even more emphasized because the term father is given to God over 250 times, and it dominated the teaching of Jesus. And in John chapter 17, verses 1 through 3, he talks about the father. And then in verse 3, he said, this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. To know him is a personal relationship. If that was a New Age teaching, it would have been said you can experience the reality, the supernatural essence of eternal life by awakening this cosmic energy from within you. It's not about having a personal relationship with the everlasting Father. It's quite different. The fourth belief that almost all New Agers subscribe to is pantheism. The word pantheism comes from two root words, pan and theos, that means all is God. So the belief is that God is all and all is God. Everything in the material universe is a manifestation of God, not a creation of God, but an emanation of God. 
And there's a big difference because God does not exist apart from the natural cosmos in absolute pantheism. Now, some New Agers embrace a modification of pantheism and its panentheism, P-A-N-E-N, theism. And that means all is in God and God is in all. But is that something that can dovetail with Christianity? Can you blend that in with a biblical worldview? Absolutely not. Because, according to the Bible, God exists outside of or apart from the material universe. He is not the same as the creation. In fact, quite the opposite. And we're going to find that more as we proceed. But if that be true, if pantheism is true, then it's no huge leap of logic. If you say everything is a manifestation of God, you can go on to say that we are God. And I will address that in a little while. But to say we are God, you have to subscribe to the idea also that God is both evil and good. God is both darkness and light. Because if the entire human race is a manifestation of God along with the entirety of the universe, then the evil and the good are both expressions of divinity. And if that be so, then God himself, or God itself, they would say, is both evil and good. That's totally unacceptable. To me, that's even blasphemous. God exists outside of and apart from the physical creation and apart from mankind. That's Christianity's view. In fact, Isaiah 59 verse 2 says, Your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you. So both pantheism and panentheism teach that the divine essence is already inside of you. But Christianity teaches that divinity or the personal God of the Bible is outside of you and must enter into you in order for a relationship to be established. The fifth basic belief of the New Age movement is monism. Monism is the idea that everything in the entire universe is of one essential substance, and that's things both natural and spiritual. And that's why you often will hear a New Ager saying, I am one with the universe. The universe is one with me. I am one with you, and you are one with me. Because all is God, which is pantheism, therefore all is one, which is monism. But Jesus did not teach that everything is one. He taught actually that human beings are not one with God, nor one with the universe. And let me give you a good example. Again, in John 17, he was praying for the church of the New Testament era, and he said, and he was petitioning the Father. He said that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us. He said, the glory you've given me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you've sent me and have loved them as you've loved me. 
Now, if he was of a New Age mindset, Jesus would have said, Father, or he wouldn't have said, Father, he would have said to the disciples, meditate on this force within you until you come into the realization that you're already one with God. It's not something that needs to happen. It's something you need to be aware of because the problem is not separation, but the problem is the idea, the illusory idea that you are separate, when in reality, you're not. He would have taught that all human beings are one with the oversoul. But he didn't teach that. He taught that through his path that he revealed when he walked on the earth, through the gospel, the good news, that he would lead people into an encounter that would establish them in oneness with a personal God. So monism is not correct. All is one. That is not a correct view. And we could delve into that more, but I'm really just touching on the basics. Number six, the sacredness of nature. Most New Agers believe that the natural universe has a divine essence. And because of that, many New Agers practice nature worship. Some even give a title or a name to the goddess that is one with the earth. Gaia is a popular name. And because of that, many earth religions like paganism could be labeled New Age because they have this devotion to the principle that nature itself has been uh, permeated, is permeated with divine life. And so it's to be respected, it's to be reverenced, it's to be worshipped. But Christianity, once again, teaches something quite opposite. In Romans chapter 1, verse 25, for instance, Paul stood against this concept by saying that those who were not of the truth exchanged the truth of God for falsehood by worshiping and serving created things rather than the creator. Praise be he forever. And that's Romans 1.25. Shifting worship from the creator to created things is a grave error. And then if you read on into chapter 1 of Romans, it results in all kinds of perversities and twisted ways of living that result from a twisted view of the nature of the universe. Number seven, and I'm going to end with this one. This is part one of a two-part series, by the way. A common belief among all New Agers is the divinity of man or the divinity of human beings. Those who subscribe to New Age spirituality deify human beings, teaching that we all have a divine essence. In yoga, it's called the kundalini, a word that means serpent power. It's like a coiled energy at the base of the spine that needs to be awakened so a person can come into, quote-unquote, God consciousness in order to have a conscious awareness that we are God. Well, once again, may I emphasize the problem with that point of view is this. If you ascribe divinity to man, you must ascribe sinfulness to God, which is an impossibility. Even a great Hindu teacher named Madhva taught that it is blasphemous to say that a perfect creator can change himself into an 
imperfect creation. And of course, the human beings that live here are very imperfect. However, that's what the yin-yang symbol of Taoism represents, which is a very popular symbol among New Agers. And that's the circular symbol with two teardrops fused together, one light, the other dark. And it represents the idea that within ultimate reality, there is both darkness and light, both evil and good. However, the Bible says God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And another scripture from the Old Testament in Psalm 92 says the Lord is righteous and there's no unrighteousness in him. And so there's no compatibility between those two worldviews. Also, Psalm 8 is so revelatory. It is such a, an insight into God's perspective, the truth and the true perspective on man's nature. Because in Psalm 8, the psalmist said, What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you visit him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. Some translations render it. But the original word translated angels is Elohim. And over 2,000 times, that's translated God. I believe the correct rendering of that passage is this. What is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you visit him? You have made him a little lower than God. But it goes on to say you've crowned him with glory and honor and set him over all the works of your hands. So the Bible does not teach that we are God but quite the contrary, that we are a little lower than God. And we should be satisfied with the position God has chosen for us instead of striving for a level that is withheld from us. Isn't that what brought Satan down in the very beginning? Lucifer in Isaiah 14, verses 12 through 19, and Ezekiel 28, verses 12 through 19, wanted to occupy a position that belonged to God alone. He said, I will, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. And he said, I will be like the Most High. And that's exactly what New Agers are attempting to do, exalting themselves to a position that only God can inhabit. No, we've been made a little lower than God. And Men and women are not divine. There is no divine essence in us. We must be born again. And the experience of being born again is where the Spirit of God enters into you from without. Ezekiel prophesied about it. He said that uh, in the new covenant that God would put a new spirit in us and put his spirit in us and give us a new heart. And that's exactly what you need. If you subscribe to New Age Spirituality, I urge you, open your heart to Jesus, just like I did in 1970. And I found out he really is the way, the truth, and the life. Be sure to join me for part two of this study on the 15 basic beliefs of New Age Spirituality. Thank you for joining me on this episode. Thank you for joining Mike Shreve today on Revealing the True Light. And thank you for opening your mind and your heart to the truth. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
so you don't miss new episodes. You can explore the beliefs of many world religions more deeply by ordering Mike Shree's book titled In Search of the True Light. We also invite you to visit our website, thetruelight.net, and sign up to be part of our global internet family.